0: We are going to be in the book of Joshua chapter 9, and so if you want to turn there early, you're more than welcome to. Uh, Before we really get started, though, um, I don't think too much prayer hurts, and so uh, one more time, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Just ask for his blessing. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much um, that I have the opportunity to teach your word. I just pray, Lord, that, that your Holy Spirit just speak in this room today. Lord, I know that this teaching is not just for everybody in this room, but it's also for me. We all need you so much. And so I just pray that you speak to us. Speak to me, Lord. And we thank you because we know that you will. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. And so I do want to begin with a passage from Proverbs. Uh, Many of you know it. It's one of my anchor verses. Um, Whenever I, I don't know, I'm in trouble, I just like to remember this verse or these verses, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. I was um, reminded of uh, something that happened to me. When COVID really, really hit, like when it really hit, it was March 2020, I had a a job that I was let go from along with 75% of the staff at the company I work for. And, of course, that's a scary situation to be in, and I'm sure um, some of you in this room understand that. Uh, Probably were in the same boat as I was. Uh, Months later, though, an opportunity came up for me to actually uh, have a job again. Uh, The same company called me, offered me a job. wasn't the same one, but uh, it was a job. I mean, that's, that's security, right? I mean, why would somebody pass that up? And I've e- I even asked for some advice, and I was thinking, I was like, should I take this job? And, and, of course, it was like, well, of course, duh. It's a job. Take the job. But I wanted to, I felt so much on my heart. I needed to seek God and his wisdom. I, I, I needed to have his say in the matter. And it turned out that he did not want me to take the job. He wanted me to wait. And so I waited, I waited, and I waited. Almost a year passed by. Money's running low. I still got a car to pay for. Still got uh, uh, bills to pay on the house and and whatever. And uh, I just kept asking. I was like, Lord, please, what is it that you want me to do? And finally, finally, he opened the door for a job opportunity for me. And he blessed me more than I could have imagined. And uh, I'm so grateful to God for that. But I know that I'm not always like that. There are many times where actually I do the opposite. I think, oh, well, I think I'm smart enough. I think I'm wise enough. I think I know how to handle this situation. I think I know how to control it. And it usually I, I realize that it tends to happen after some great spiritual uh, battles, victories, over these spiritual battles. God helps me, and then I think that I now am good enough to combat the feelings, the temptations, whatever it is, on my own. I'm not trying to do it on purpose, but it happens. And so I realize every time that I do that, I make a mess of things. When I thought I was in control, really I'm not. Things are getting out of hand. I'm losing my temper. I'm distancing myself from people. I'm feeling far away from God. Things are, just aren't working out. And so I realize what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And the truth is that I forgot to seek the Lord. I forgot to put him first. I forgot to seek his counsel. And we're talking about Joshua in the book of Joshua. Great name. (laughs) Um, And uh, (laughs) I relate to him. Uh, When he defeated Jericho, it was because of God's guidance. God showed him how to defeat the city of Jericho. And it was by following God's guidance, it was by putting him first, the Ark of the Covenant actually, in the middle, God in the midst of it all, they won the battle. However, after this great victory, Joshua sent men out to spy on uh, Ai, I A-E? I don't even know how to pronounce it, but we're just going to pronounce it Ai tonight. Um, But he sent men to spy on Ai, And when these spies returned, they consulted Joshua to send just a few thousand. You know, we only need two or three thousand men. You know, Jericho, oh, we wiped them out. And Ai is a tiny little city. We don't, easy. And so Joshua thought that that was pretty good. He accepted their counsel and sent uh, a few thousand men. However, in doing this, In not seeking the Lord's counsel, they failed. And 36 men, the Bible says, were lost that day. Great consequences that were permanent, and they can't take that back. However, Joshua sought the Lord after the fact, and the Lord revealed what the problem was. They took care of it, and they moved forward. God directed him again and they took the city of Ai. Now, they were deceived by the outward appearance of the situation. But even though they were deceived, and even though they messed up, even though Joshua messed up, the Lord still was merciful. The Lord still was there for him. He promised him, actually. He said, have I not commanded you? Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, that does not mean that the Lord is going to you know, allow him to do things on his own. However, he will be there to pick him up even when he falls. And that's the same for us. Even when we fall, the Lord will lift us back up but now, in the text, they did, de- they did defeat the city of Ai. And so that actually brings us to uh, Joshua chapter 9. If you look with me at verse 1, it says, Now when all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, the kings in the hill country, in the western foothills, and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as Lebanon, The kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, they came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. And so these kings heard about what happened to Jericho, what happened to Ai, what happened even on the other side of the Jordan, when the Lord delivered Israel from Egypt, opened the Red Sea, obliterated the Egyptian army. They heard about what happened to Og and Sihon, these Amorite kings. And now here they are in their land, and they're winning. Now, they thought, if we're going to defeat these guys, if we're going to take them down, we need to team up. We need strength in numbers. We will overwhelm them. They decided to to create a confederacy. Now, their attitude was of rebellion towards God, thinking that they could outdo God, thinking that they were stronger than God. However, and it says in verse 3, if you look there, however, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they... Resorted to a ruse, a trick. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, We have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. Now Joshua chapter 10 verse 2 says that Gibeon was an important city. Like one of the royal cities, it was larger than Ai and all its men were good fighters. However, unlike all these kings throughout the land of Canaan, unlike all of them, they decided to seek a different way they feared the Lord. Now, they could have responded like the rest of these people, you know found strength in themselves, looked at how strong their soldiers were, at the resources that they had. But they saw God at work in the Israelites and knew they were no match, that their gods were no match. No matter what force you bring against these people, they were going to fall, just like the walls of Jericho, just like Ai and all those kings, and just like Egypt. We're going to fall. We're going to die. And so they feared for their lives. Now, um, I do think that that's honorable, the fear that they had of the Lord. It's good to have a healthy fear of God. Proverbs chapter eighteen verse twelve. It says, "Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor." And so, in a sense, they brought themselves lower. But what they did was not very honorable. Uh, they decided to trick the Israelites. And uh, I remember I was when I was thinking about this passage. You know, before I started to really get into my studies. Um, and uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> They, uh, they do, the Israelites do fall for this trick. But I do believe that had the Gibeonites responded to the Lord, like the Ninevites, I mean, we, just, we, we were studying the book of Jonah, and in the book of Jonah, the Ninevites, instead of rebelling against God, you know, Jonah came to them and said, 40 days and you will be destroyed. Now the Ninevites repented of their sins, they sought the Lord, put on sackcloth and, 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 and sat in ashes, threw dust on their heads, fasted, sought the Lord because they understood that he is holy and that he is right and that he is powerful and that he was angry. However, we will, see, we will seek the Lord our God. We will seek him. We will seek the Lord. And perhaps he will forgive us. Perhaps he will have mercy on us. And the Lord did. He did have mercy. He relented from the harm that he threatened. And the Bible does say it that way. Um, And even Jonah said of God that he is a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, in our lives, Jesus is God's invitation to us. He's God incarnate, the, the, the very example, the very the very incarnation of love himself here on earth. And if we just repent and look for him, seek him out, acknowledging that we've been wrong. God extends his mercy to us. No issues. You know, no, no, there, no, there's no friction there. God freely gives his son for us. Because many of us in this room, and maybe some of us still, are on our way to destruction. God's wrath. Now God, he does the Bible says, is angry with the wicked every day. And um, it's a scary thing to fight against God. For these people, the Gibeonites, knew if we fight against him, that's a losing battle. And it's the same even now. However, God extends Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself came, offered himself As the atonement for our sins, so that we would not have to fear destruction, but so that we would have eternal life. All you have to do is ask, seek the Lord, turn to Him, forsake your ways, your evil ways, and turn to Him. Now, what the Gibeonites did was not really that, and it had its consequences. But they did fear the Lord and would rather join themselves to him and to his people than to resist him. And so we read in verse 7, the Israelites said to the Hivites, but perhaps you live near us, so how can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. Now they didn't really answer the the question. Um, But Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? They answered, your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord your God. For we have heard reports of him, all that he did in Egypt, all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. And our elders and all those living in our country said to us, take provisions for your journey. Go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants, make a treaty with us. Now, this bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home and on the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins that we filled were new, but see how cracked they are. And our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. Now, these giving nets, were, they, were, they were smart. They didn't mention any of the victories that took place on the west side of the Jordan, only those things that took place on the other side, you know, Egypt and those two kings that fell. Any mention of any re- recent victories would have <laughs> given them away completely. And the clothing that they wore also helped to really further their story. I think it's uh, interesting because the Israelites perhaps were more prone to fall for this because they were unfamiliar with having worn out clothes. Moses, when he addressed the Israelites prior to entering the promised land, he said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 4 Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So (laughs) they may have looked at the Gibeonites and felt sorry for them. What a pitiful sight. Look at these guys all weathered from this long journey. Oh, man. Wow. (laughs) But that wasn't the problem. The problem is what happens next. Verse 14, it says, The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. And so Joshua now is repeating the same mistake he made when he first tried to attack A.I. Rather than consult God, lean on his wisdom, lean on God's understanding of the situation, they looked at the outward appearance and were deceived. It looked pretty good. These guys seemed legit. It looked pretty good. But they did not seek God who can see the heart of men, who can, who can see the background, who understands what's really happening. And I think about how many times, you know, and I, I talked about it already, but how many times do we do this? How many times do we forget to seek the Lord and seek his will and seek his counsel and his judgment on a situation? I think that if we do that, we would save ourselves a lot of pain. And a lot of suffering it does not mean that we won't suffer. For Jesus did say that in this world we would have tribulation. But we take heart because he overcame the world. We look to him. We acknowledge him. We keep our eyes on Christ. Not on our situation. Not on the trials and not on the outward appearance of, our, of, of, of anything. But we look to God because he has exposed his heart to us. And so we expose our hearts to him and open our ears to hear what he wants us to hear. And we do this because we know that he loves us. A loving father who disciplines his children when we do stray away, but is always there to welcome us back with open arms. When we turn to him and look to his face, now, I, I do believe that the leaders and Joshua had good intentions when they ratified uh, this, this treaty with an oath and, and, and when they, they decided to become friends with these people. They had good intentions, they meant well. However, by not seeking God, they acted a little too hastily. Don't be in a hurry. <laughs> Don't be in a hurry when you know that God is always on time. I mean, he's always on time. And he will not leave you out in the cold without an answer. However, his answer may not be what you want. That's tough. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we keep ourselves from seeking the Lord. But but because they did not do that, they were deceived. They trusted in their own wisdom. So it's important to lean on God's wisdom. Now, verse 16 says, Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. So the Israelites set out and on the third day came to their uh, cities, Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth, Kiriath, Jearim, kind of self-conscious when I pronounce these city names, (laughs) but the Israelites did not attack these cities. They did not attack them because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders, but all the leaders answered, we have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. This is what we will do to them. We will let them live so that God's wrath will not fall on us for breaking the oath that we swore to them. Now, though Joshua and the leaders did make another mistake by forgetting to consult God, they knew that violating this oath that they made in God's name would make their situation worse and endanger the nation. And they were correct. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, we read how God did send a three-year famine uh, when David ruled. He sent a three-year famine. And when David sought the Lord, God said it was because Saul actually violated this oath. He sought because of a zeal for Israel, tried to kill off the Gibeonites. And so God did take this oath seriously. And so had they violated this oath and said, oh, well, you know, these people, they deceived us. You know, we're going to completely throw this out the window. Yeah, we swore in God's name, but who cares? You know, that would have made things a lot worse. Two wrongs don't make a right. (laughs) Now, yes, they made a mistake. Yeah, they, they, they fell. But there was nothing they could do about it now. Nothing they could do. what matters most is how they now will respond to God. How will they respond? And for us, how will you respond? You've messed up. You've made mistakes. You can't take those things back. But how will you respond to God now? Will you take him seriously? Maybe you didn't before. You forgot to look for him, but will you look to him now and obey him? Will you seek him? Philippians chapter 13, verses, uh, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 3 does not have 13 chapters, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So we forget those things that are behind and move forward with Christ. For he has a calling on our lives. Just as he has a calling on these people, the Israelites, he has a calling on our lives. Each and every single one of you in this room, no matter how, how, how old or how how young you are, I mean, it does not matter. He has a calling on your life. No matter how much you've messed up and made a mess of things, you're still here. You're still breathing. He has a calling for you. He has a purpose for you today. Are you listening to him? Are you looking for him? And so, verse 21, if you look there, it says, they continued, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers in the service of the whole assembly, and so the leader's promise to them was kept. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, Why did you deceive us by saying we live a long way from you? Well, actually, you live near us. You are now under a curse. You will never be released from service as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, Your servants. And uh, I. Can't help but notice the language that they have towards him. Your servants were clearly told how the Lord your God had commanded his servant, Moses, to give you the whole land and to wipe out all its inhabitants from before you. So we feared for our lives because of you. And that is why we did this. We are now in your hands. Do to us whatever seems good and right to you. So Joshua saved them from the Israelites, implying that they really did want to destroy them. But Joshua saved them from the Israelites, and they did not kill them. That day he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the, uh, for the assembly and to provide for the needs of the altar of the Lord at the place the Lord would choose. And that is what they are to this day. Now what the Gibeonites did was wrong. There's no going around that. And I don't think that they really tried to um, justify it. They just explained why they did it. And now the consequence for what they did is that forever they would be woodcutters and water carriers, hard labor. However, the Gibeonites submitted themselves to the Israelites. They submitted themselves to their God and they became his servants For Israel and it didn't really seem that they were really that bothered by that and I can't find any mention in the historical record that these people actually led the children of Israel astray in fact it it seems that they were happy just to be alive you know what I'm just happy to be alive and so I'll serve God I will serve your God I will serve his people and it is believed, right? There, there are actually a couple passages in the Bible. So this is for you Bible nerds out there. Uh, First Chronicles chapter nine verse two, Ezra chapter two verse forty-three. It talks about these temple servants. Uh, some translations say Nethinims. These people that served the Israelites. And in the book of Ezra, they were banished from the land for 70 years, and yet these people still came back to serve the living God. And so these Gibeonites, though they were pagans, though they lived in complete rebellion towards God and were on their way to judgment, when they submitted themselves to God, he redeemed them. And even though they were just servants. Psalm, I mean, Psalm chapter 84, verse 10 says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather just be a doorkeeper. I'd rather, I'd rather just be a janitor in the house of my God than than to dwell in the house or the tents of those who are on their way to destruction. But it's not because I'm afraid Um, now, you know, and that's for us. It's not because now we're afraid of wrath, although, uh, again, a healthy fear of God is good. But it's because we understand and see the mercy of God, how He is a God slow to anger, quick to dish out mercy towards us. And we see that in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus' name. Yeshua, Yahshua, means God is salvation. The same exact name that Joshua has. And in the Greek, their names are the same. God is salvation. Now these Gibeonites were saved from death because of Joshua. And in our lives, we are saved from death, from God's wrath, because of the Lord Jesus Christ who came down and became a human just like us, shed his own blood, died on the cross, rose from the grave and now lives in heaven. He ascended to heaven and he hears us and he's in this room right now. I mean, can you you believe that? I mean, can you even fathom that? Just thinking about that. Because of him, we have salvation. Because of him, whatever mistakes that you've made, whatever you've done, God is able to redeem that. Leave that in the past. Move forward with the Lord. Seek to obey him. How will you respond to him today? Are you hearing his voice? Is he calling you? Will you not respond will you not just seek the Lord? I've messed up many, many times, so many times, I can't even count. But every time, he still called me. Sometimes I didn't even want to hear him because I thought I didn't even deserve it. But he still called. And I would ask God, why is it that you still call me? Why? why? And I would actually beg for death a lot of the time. I would, I would beg that God would take my life And not let me wake up, not let me see the light of day. Because I don't deserve that. I would think that a lot. And yet I would still wake up. And so, Lord, why am I still here? And he would point me back to Jesus. It's because of my son. It's because I love you. And Jesus, He gave His life for us. Jesus says, I gave my life for you. Remember, remember that. I gave my life for you. And so it doesn't matter what you've done, the mistakes you made, your past. I don't even look at that. I look at you. I see you. And so I look to Jesus. We look to Christ because we know that He is worthy. God is salvation. Christ is our salvation. And so we give ourselves to Him, respond to Him. And if you're acting in rebellion towards Him, go no further. End it right here. Now, doesn't mean we're not going to mess up again. We are human, we are going to mess up. But Christ, His love for us never runs out. The book of Romans says that there's nothing. Right, nothing in this world that will separate us from the love of God. And uh, if I may turn there, because uh, scriptures are powerful and I don't want to just paraphrase. Romans chapter 8, he says... No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Only think of him. Focus on him, not on the outward appearance of your situation. Seek his counsel. And though you might feel like a mistake yourself, like you've made too many, let Christ redeem you tonight. Let him redeem you, and he will. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you because we learn some awesome truths through your word. And sometimes we glance over the Bible and we we might not think too much of it. But you opened it up for us today. And I pray that you uh, continue to speak to us as we go throughout our lives, not just in this place. But Lord, I know that many of us in this room feel guilt, feel shame, wonder if you still love us. And you say, yes, I do. I do love you. I still do. And I always will. And if you've never even known that, you know, if somebody in this room has never even known that, make it clear to them, Lord. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us, make us white as snow. And it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that we have forgiveness, that we have salvation from our sin, from death, from wrath. In you we have peace, comfort, joy, love. If anyone in this room has never made a commitment to Christ, open up your heart to him today. If you hear him speaking to you, give your life to him. As we sing before you know this, this teaching, we surrender all to him. Surrender to him. Stop fighting. Don't be like, the, the, those kings and those, those people, the wicked people who sought to fight against God. It goes nowhere. But be like the Gibeonites who feared the Lord and would rather be servants than to rebel against them. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming and dying on the cross. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And send your Holy Spirit to live in me so that I may know your voice and that I may know your will for my life. I thank you because you are good and you love me. And so, Lord Jesus, We thank you for everything you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen.